0: And welcome to the first episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tiger Cast for season two thousand and eighteen. It's great to be back. I'm your host Michaels, and with me tonight we've got two great Tiger posters on board. The first one is a returning guest. He has kicked the winning goal in a golden goal extra time indoor soccer grand final, so they call him Mr. Clutch. Prodigy, welcome back. Thank you very much, Michaels, good to be back. Now is that one of those things that you just always remind the boys of that you were the you were the main
1: man? oh not really because it wasn't really a big deal but like you know remind them every now and then just to make sure that they're
0: aware yeah don't downplay it it's (sighs) it's a golden goal in extra time that's in a grand final you can't get much better than that just call me sam lloyd (laughs) Yeah, that's right (laughs) sam lloyd and our second guest is his first time to the show he has broken the sound barrier in a hornet so we are declaring him the fastest tiger out there tiger turbulence welcome
2: Yeah, thanks, Michael's, and um, hello, Prodigy, and uh, thanks for having me. Uh, As a virgin Potter, I'm really excited, and I've got to say the green room is outstanding. I love what you serve in there. I'm surprised more people don't come on.
0: I know we've got (laughs) got to get more people in somehow, but I will have to ask you so people can get a better idea. The the breaking the sound barrier.
2: How did that come about? That's
0: a pretty um, out there experience.
2: Yeah, well, I, I did 20 years in the Air Force, so I sort of got around. I ended up working at uh, Town at 3 Squadron on the Hornets, and um, oh, the guys just got to love me. I had my tiger flag up in my office, and everyone got to know who I was, and eventually, when I got posted, the CA decided that I couldn't go unless I had a fly, and decided to take me up and make me the fastest tiger in Australia, so, yeah, it was great.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Um, any motion sickness or anything like that afterwards?
2: No, actually, it's surprisingly calm. And What he did was it was like he said, I had you go with that, and I was like, go with what? And he was like, we just broke the sound barrier. And I went, oh, did we? Because I hadn't noticed. So then, and I hope this, you know, there's no one from the, the authorities listening, but we went a little bit lower than we should have so he could I could look at the ground, and um, then he did it again, and that's when I actually made some rude noises and sounds, and that's when he laughed and said that's what I was after. <laughs> so, yeah, the was no, nah, nah, nothing. Because we are in a straight nothing, line. Yeah. Straight line.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: yeah, I wouldn't want to break the Tambara turning or anything.
0: <laughs> nah, <yeah>, that's <laughs> vomit goes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into it, like we did last year, we, we ask a few other questions of our guests. Uh, Prodigy, we all, we've already asked you how you became a Richmond supporter, so I'll start with this one instead. Your favourite grand final moment, if you could just pick one.
1: All right, well, to be honest, the final siren. Um, I was really nervous throughout the game. I didn't really let myself believe we were going to win until around halfway through the final quarter when Pressy kicked his goal. I stood up and turned around to everyone behind me and screamed, get around us, we're the effing premiers!" And then I proceeded to start crying and being consoled by two grown men beside me. So that was pretty much my favourite moment.
0: Now, that was a very special moment. And Tiger 2, this being your first time on the show We'll give you the, the first question of How did you become a Richmond supporter?
2: Well, I didn't start off as a Richmond supporter Unfortunately, I was a single child with a you know single mum And she was a South Melbourne supporter So my first jumper was actually a hand-knitted jumper And uh, they were the first games I went to But fortunately, she ended up going out with a guy called Mick Who uh, was a Richmond member So he saw this five-year-old boy in his little white Home knitted jumper, and decided he'd better educate me. So he dragged me down to the, a few games, and I stood there with the men who were drinking and cheering, and it was a totally different experience to what I had, with my mother. And um, after a couple of games, he stood me down and said, "Listen, son, you have got a choice to make here, and you know what team you follow, and it's your choice." And he said, "Do you want to wear a white jumper and be a swan, or do you want to wear a black and yellow sash and be a tiger?" And as a five-year-old in nineteen sixty-eight, I looked up at him and I thought, "I want to be a tiger," and. Tiger I've been ever since
0: Oh excellent, and, and the grand final moment What was your favourite moment of the game?
2: Well actually, my favourite moment Of the grand final was the fact that I stood there With my son who's 22 Been a Tiger supporter since he was born Because he didn't really have much of a choice And um, I looked at him And I was 17 when we won our last grand final In 1980 And standing there, looking at it knowing you know, Basically three quarter time Knowing we were about to do it I remember looking at him, you know 22 year old he's never seen us in a grand final, and that was just a father, son bond moment for me, so it was actually just the moment of knowing that you know he was my boy twenty two. I was a 17 year old the last time I experienced it, so it was, a, it was it was really good. Oh, that's
0: an excellent moment to share, and uh, I'm glad mm. I'm, I'm sure he's now glad that you're forced him to become a tiger.
2: Yeah, finally he's been copping it all his life. <laughs> yeah, so but we've stood up now. All
0: right, we'll start off with the review of the JLT game versus Essendon. I won't go into the scores because honestly, the scores are largely irrelevant. Um, but for those kind of games, I more look at the overall performance and and how our mentality was. You know, there's always the curse of the premiership hangover. Uh, will we or won't we? Um, Prodigy, i will start
1: with you. What did you think of the performance of the boys? To be honest, I thought it was really professional. Um, we started slow. Uh, Adam Sard got the start. We could have probably stopped that, but it wasn't really a big deal because we everything started to click around halfway through the first quarter, leading into the second. And um, it was one of the first times I've actually literally seen us kind of take the piss out of the opposition as well, <laughs> because like we could just see us like knocking it around, kind of having a little bit of fun with it as well. It was it was really. Really impressive. It was like the we were of Barcelona of the AFL, and we're just making them look silly. It was it was literally awesome. But um, I didn't like you said the result didn't really matter too much to me. It was more about how we went about it, the professionalism and everything like that. So yeah, it was good.
0: And Tiger Touboulas, can could you take much out of the JLT match?
2: Well, the three things I got out of it were: don't believe the uh, premiership hangover stuff that they're talking about. We're not like the puppies. We're we're, we're the real deal. Um, the second thing I got was Alex Rance's head, he's like granite. He's like one of those Easter Island statues. <laughs> and the third thing was, Asprey's head is not as hard as granite, and he's not like one of the Easter <laughs> Island statues. <laughs> yeah,
0: was, when I saw the collision in slow-mo, I thought, oh, we are quite lucky that Rance didn't break his jaw or something like that. So uh, he's, right bulletproof.
2: <laughs> he's bulletproof. He's bulletproof.
0: The one thing I took out of the game, and it, and it, is, it isn't even Richmond related, it's about Essendon that if they think Jake Stringer is their big white hope for the midfield, they've got another thing coming.
1: Oh, yeah, but shocking.
2: also... Uh, and him. you know that saying, if it bleeds, you can kill it?
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we proved that. <laughs> yeah, we
0: did. I mean, yeah, Stringer's a, he's a great <laughs> half-forward flank player. He's a genius with the ball at times. But as a midfielder, he just doesn't cut it. Like, he got outworked. I think Jack Graham um just smashed him in the second half and it's i know it's not a big scalp but he's got a, a habit now of running his opponents into the ground already
2: yeah now now they talked about stringer maybe looking we were looking at stringer at one point um very happy we missed that bullet
1: yeah definitely
0: and prodigy with any players I was actually that impressed you um
1: yeah there was a few players there was there's one i'll hold on to later and um because I think I've seen him on the run, down. We might have a bit of chat about him. But um, one of the main ones that I was really happy with was Shea Bolton. I think the kid's going to be a freak. Um, I think he has to play around one in place of Rioli. And personally, I think he needs to stay in the side as well. He will be an absolute gun. Um, starting to see a little bit from him in terms of having a bit of a knack of getting to the right places, similar to Castagna, um where he... But most of his goals, I think, two of his three goals were really opportunist goals, and just being in the right place at the right time. So, um, and also Chol, Chol was um, he was pretty average in the first half, but I think his second half really sh- he really showed some go, and it was refreshing to see because I'm still not really sold on him long term. Same with uh, Ivan Soldo, but with, there were just def- sorry, there were definitely some encouraging signs from Chol.
0: Yeah, he seemed to play a lot better in that second half, like you said, when he was given the main Ruckman duties, and I don't know if they're going to look at doing something like that with him in the VFL, given that Hampson's back could still be uh, no good, but uh, I I found that when he had to play as a key position player, he just looked a a little bit lost. He did. And Tiger Teoblitz, what about you? What What kind of players impressed you?
2: Well, I was the same as Sharp. Yeah, like you know I, I looked at him and thought that there's there's something with this kid, but the one that I really took a lot out of was Garth. I thought um in the back there, uh, it, he's composed he's he plays like an old man in the sense that he's like not a like a kid that's running around like a little deer. he's he's got that composure. he's i watch, I look at him and I think I look at Aspirin Grimes and that he's one of them. he's got that look. I and mean, when you I watch him interviewed. And he's got that older feel about him, and, and uh, he's very serious. And one of the things I was impressed with, they talked about the fact, you know, he can play forward, he can play back. You know, he's been around a bit as a kid. And they said, where do you want to play? And he's like, oh, I want to play in the back. I want to learn from the best. So I, I look at that guy, and I look at the the way he moves around the pattern. I just think he's going to slot into that back line beautifully.
0: Yeah, and especially when Asprey went off... Um... They obviously had to put a lot more reliance on Garthway to support Rance, and he didn't really miss a beat. I thought he was quite good. No. There's been knocks on his kicking style, but you know what? If he hits targets, ah. I don't really care what it looks like. To be honest, as long as he's yeah hitting the targets he needs to hit. No, I totally
2: agree. He's like he's like got that old man feel, in a sense. That's not a criticism. I mean, he's got that that slower con- sort of thinking look about him in that, and I think he matches the pace in the back. I just think he's going to work. He's going to be solid. And I think we're gonna get a lot of years out of him. So uh, I'm really, and especially considering we're looking you know, there's talk about Rance potentially leaving in you know, a couple of years. Um, and if that does come, we're gonna really need some solid people in that back line to take up that gap. Absolutely. I'm yeah. surprised
1: he wasn't caught up for JLT two as well. Yeah, he yes. wasn't caught up for main squad, so that was a bit surprising for for me anyway.
2: I was disappointed about that. I think that's the sort of bloke that you need to put time into and get him out there because he's obviously not just a natural step up. He needs to get work put into him. He's got to learn his craft. So, yeah, I would have given him the opportunity to play with the big boys as much as I could.
0: Well, even if he just Definitely. spent a quarter or a half on Ben Brown, I mean, what a learning experience that would have been.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly.
0: And Prodigy, I'll finish up on this one. Thoughts on the club coming out and making that kind of statement early on? I know there's only two JLT games, um, but we are happy that we come out all guns blazing to prove a point, or would you rather just keep our cards close to our chest?
1: I'm happy with the way we went about it, um, but it won't mean anything if we don't come out and beat North on Wednesday and also yeah. if we don't come out and flog the Blues in round one, because at the end of the day, you're right, it is just JLT, but we need to bring that same or even better... Intensity to round one, and then back that up against the Power Rangers. So that's that's the main thing we need to look at. Absolutely, and uh, we'll push on. Power to Rangers the, Adelaide.
0: Power Rangers Adelaide. Uh, yeah, that that's <laughs> going to be one of the all-time best threads ever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to the um, expectations of the 2018 season. I'll start with you, Tiger Turbulence. Being the reigning premiers comes with a fair bit of additional pressure. What are your expectations for the Tigers for 2018?
2: eh? well my expectation is there's not going to be a premiership hangover That, that, that whole thing about being compared to the puppies, that's just ridiculous uh, Second thing my expectation is I think we're going to go the small forward line again um, Because that's working and there's no reason to change that And at this stage the other clubs can't catch that It always takes a few years for a teams to sort of work it out And I like the fact that we've got a lot of tools in the background. You know, we've got more. we've got Belter, we've got people that are growing. So we'll end up, we won't stay small, but I think 2018 we will. And then I also think in 2018, Tom Lynch is going to declare he's going to be a tiger. And that's going to be the doozy and the It's Happening gift is just going to be going off. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna go off. How many years do you reckon <laughs> and, the doozy's been going around for? <laughs> oh, but this is the doozy we've been waiting for. It's coming. <laughs> Don't worry about that.
0: Well, have you got inside um, the was, water, or
2: is this a hunch? No, just leave it with me. I'm working on it. Oh, okay. And the other thing I got is, I got Dusty is going to keep making his claim to be the goat. He's going to be back-to-back brown lows. He's going to keep. Work. He's not the goat yet, but he's going to get there. I reckon if he keeps his trajectory, so he's going to get a brown low next year. And that's not uncommon for a Brown Lois to be, you know, coming back to back. Um, I'm looking at the fact that the um, back line's going to strengthen. I just... I've got it. I'm a big fan of the back line. So I just reckon that, you know, Ellis, Rance, Grimesy, Hooley, Asprey, Voston. I mean, it just keeps going. And they just get... They're like telepathic, the way they're working together now. So uh, it, 2018 is going to be a great year for the Tigers.
1: And Prodigy, what about yourself? Uh... In terms of my expectations, um, I would be disappointed if we don't crack top four again. Um, I think we've got the team and the depth to do it again. And our flag probably came early, according to most. And, look, I think they've got a pretty valid point and their school of thought would be probably correct. But in terms of um, our list, we've got a really young list and the majority of the list has got another full prison under the under their belts, apart from Rioli. And some on our board would argue now Prestia hasn't made a full pre-season, but uh, we'll leave that for now. Um, But ultimately, we're just going to get better. So at the end of the day, our young list is just going to come together a lot better. The chemistry is going to keep growing, and I would be very, very surprised if we're not up there again in terms of last week of the uh, grand final. I would be quite surprised if we didn't make it.
0: And it's funny you say that about the development of the young kids. A lot of people have been on record at the club as saying they honestly feel like there's a lot more improvement left in our in our players and and better footy
1: is going to come this year. Do you buy into it? Definitely. I like it's it's clear for everyone to see. We've got one of the youngest lists we just want to flag and like everyone's just going to get better. I don't really understand how we could actually get worse from this point. Like, I don't want to jinx us or anything, but it just—I just find it really hard to see personally.
2: and you know, it's ridiculous to to you know to think that we're going Yeah, you know, we're not going to get better. Uh, I agree with what Prod you saying. I didn't think 2017 was going to be a premiership year. I actually had us locked in for about 2018, 19 definitely, and 2020 without doubt. So I reckon 2017. I'll take that as a jag, but it's because we got that that thing that you can't just get a new coach for you can't buy there's just that, that and you know you listen to them all talking about the fact they know each other better they're exposing themselves to each other and you know and so there was that magic that got us there this year and and from a player point of view our player list is going to get better without doubt
0: and there was an interesting thread on our board today, I think it was, about teams starting to copy our game style and someone made a note that a few clubs tried it over the JLT series. And that's all good and well, yeah. but the biggest thing for me is is we've got all 22 blokes on any given game day buy into that um, that game yep. plan. Exactly. If you don't, if you don't yeah. have that, it's not going to work. It only takes one or two players to not fully buy into it and it, it just won't work for you. And not to mention that we've got the players, we've got the fitness to sprint, repetitively all day um and we just grind teams into the ground like you can't just train that overnight
2: you can't buy that an issue.
1: Yeah. our fitness is extremely underrated mm. we've got probably the fittest side in the in the league i reckon it's it's pretty impressive
0: and speaking of the list uh, prodigy what's your biggest concern of depth on our list
1: Oh, talls, talls, talls. We've got to get more talls. <laughs> Second, thirds, fourth, fifth talls. We've got to get them all. Oh, wait. Did Mopsy just take over my, my, my microphone? Sorry, guys. All good. No, not many concerns, really, for me um, with the list. I think we've got a certain um, Gold Coast player in mind that might be able to take over from Jack Rewalt down the track. And I think that was my main concern moving forward. But I think the rest. I'm pretty um, bullish on us for the next three or four years.
0: What about in the ruck department there, Tiger Turbulence? Uh, how do you think we're faring in that area? If Nank goes down, are we in a world of pain? Uh,
2: yeah, obviously, because we haven't got any... Like he, He's our ruckman at this stage. Um, but talking about Knackers, I mean, how good was that? Getting, getting a Swan who was like, what is he, fifth in their lineup?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he was, wasn't really yeah. good in a regular game at all.
2: And he came across us, and because of the injuries and stuff, it's like, oh, you're number one out there. And he's a, now a premiership Ruckman. <laughs> I mean, I, I love, and I love the way he goes for the ball, the way he goes down, the way he digs in. So I'm a huge fan of that guy. I love, and that's it, that Richmond thing going. But but as far as Ruckman goes, yeah, we've got a, we, we're definitely short there. I, I've not yet seen anything that makes me think we've got like a second Ruckman. I mean, I don't know, Proger, who, who would you call our second Ruckman?
1: Well, yeah, I was just about to say, just to counteract that, I think we've shown our ability to be able to play without a predominant ruck. That's why I'm not really too stressed about if Nank goes down, what's our kind of backup plan? Because I think if we put somebody in like a Hammer or a chole, just to kind of perform that main ruck role while, you know, Nank's down or whatever it might be, and then we just have what we've been doing. Like, for example, Shea Bolton was in the ruck in JLT1 in the forward fifty Ruck contest. Shea Bolton, he's our shortest player, but he's probably got our best leap. And we still tore them up in the forward fifty stoppages. So he won, he won a few look, I under Yeah he did. And mm. I understand the reasoning you guys have in regards to the Ruck, but I think the Ruck position in itself is starting to come a bit overrated in terms of um, their need at the moment, especially with how the way the game's going. So I'm not too stressed about it personally.
0: I, I think his impact would be yeah. the centre-bounce yeah. one because even around yeah. the ground, I yeah. think it, it might have been Hardwick or it might have been Grigg himself, uh, but someone made the point that Grigg's one of our smartest players, so he knew he didn't have to win the ruck contest, but he could position himself with his body to make sure his, the opponent, Ruckman, didn't really win the tap and we could still come away with it. So around the ground, I think we can get away with it, but it's the centre-bounce that can kind of be the a bit more daunting task.
1: Mm. Maybe. I'm not sure. I think we'll be alright. I think the centre bounce, like I said, it's a bit overrated at the moment because I don't see why, because we saw Greg take a lot of the centre bounce um, rocking options, well rocking contests, sorry, and look, he didn't break even, he didn't win a lot of them, but at the end of the day, like you said, he's smart. Yeah. So if we have players that are put into that role that can actually impact in some sort of way and actually maybe force a tap to a certain position, then we might be in it with a chance to still maintain our. Um, what am I trying to say? Our level at that at that point in the contest.
2: Yeah, and but if you got it, like if you look at the teams, there you got you got like a mummy or a Goldie or someone like that when they're in form. That has a huge influence on the game. So I wouldn't undervalue having a key Ruckman or a backup Ruckman to Neckers. I think having the big tall guy can get his hand on the ball first is is, is important.
1: Yeah, but Nate doesn't really jump much. The only thing we could do is we could put him maybe somebody like a Noah Bolter who's got that bit of, a, bit of size about him and he can throw his weight around a bit, but he's also got a bit of a leap on him as well. So... I think, obviously, he's just been drafted, so it's going to take him a while to get into the system. But in terms of our rock stocks moving forward, we've also got Callum Common jones that we've drafted as well. Mm. They're going Mm. to take time, but I think we've still got plenty of depth on the list in terms of potential rock options moving forward.
2: Don't they always say that big men take a long time?
1: Definitely, (laughs) yeah.
2: That's a cliche.
0: (laughs) And I think we can even... (laughs) I I didn't mind Soldo's games last year as a to give Nank a bit of a rest, because we can't burn him out like we did to Big Yvonne. I know we mentioned that quite a bit on the show last year. Mm. But uh, I think, um, yeah, Solder can pro- provide a reasonable chop-out for a few games here and there. Uh, and even, I know Garthwaite probably won't do this role, but he even rucked in the JLT um, for yeah. different different stages. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see where
1: we take it this year. Yeah. We've well, got options, that's all I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, yeah which is always a good thing. Yeah. We'll push on to I think what's going to be your well both your favourite topics for the night and that's the the salt mine surrounding the Richmond two thousand and seventeen premiership. It, it's there's no surprise that people just hate us again and, and that's we love that we love to be hated for for these kind of reason, not because we want handouts or not because we're finishing ninth because we won the flag and they just don't want to accept it. Um, Prodigy, what what's been your take on the salt
1: mine surrounding the Richmond flag? It's been. Pretty funny, to be honest. Um, I wasn't surprised at all. It was always going to happen. Um, when we're up and about, everybody hates it. Um, they love to hate us, and I thrive on it. I thrive on it when they all start to hate us. It's, it's the best thing ever. But um, it, the way I see it is I'd rather be talked about, even if it's in a negative connotation, than not talked about and be irrelevant like North Melbourne. So that's just that's my view.
0: And, do you, and t- Tiger Timeless, do you think we've had a record amount of posters banned or thread banned so far?
2: Uh, I really don't know, because I don't know statistics on that would be. But I, I know we've certainly been out there poaching, and um, and we're loving it. We're tigers. We love the smell of blood. We love it. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a great thing, and I think it's delicious. We're getting salt on everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I put, a, I put a post on the thread in our board just to try and get people to throw up some good examples of their favourite salty comments. So I'll go through a couple. Uh, first one was from Tiges1229, saying the best one of all is Richmond fluke the flag. But that gets a fair run. And the other one from Tenilius was the ones about the umpires gifting us the flag when we were 18th in the comp for free kicks all season. It's, and they're right. Like, the amount of false stats and things that people throw out as a reason why we won the flag oh, is yeah. just crazy.
1: Yeah, I have one. Like continuing on from your point of, um, they got lucky. So throughout the finals, I think we need to beat teams by more than seven point five goals per game in order to actually make you know a proper win. Because I guess winning by over seven point five goals per game isn't really um, making it count. I guess. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's you know, as the the common. Th- is on most of our throats, we still haven't beaten anyone good
1: no. yeah
2: well, I've been I, I what I love is the the pussies the handbaggers because in fact that we'd never lost to them in 10 years and that they had premierships and that when we passed them in that preliminary final we absolutely humiliated them and that's when the salt mine started was at that that go I mean look at the stuff they complain about home ground advantage I mean they Whinged about Klingerfield never being, you know, being robbed of a brownlow. They reckon Duckwood should have been an all-Australian captain, and then they talk about the fact that Caddies wasn't in their top ten yet he's in our top ten. I mean, these guys are dumber than a sackful of do- doorknobs. These pussies. I mean, what I don't get with them is. We tried to trade with them and do the right thing. Like, we took Taylor Hunt off their hands. you think they would have been happy about that. And then look at the other deals we did. We took Caddy, who was not in their top ten, and gave them Lids, who was like an elite player in AFL. And, oh, that's right. They didn't actually get Lids, did they? What happened was that we were going to give Lids, but they mucked around. We got Caddy, and they didn't get Lids. Yeah, okay, scratch that one. And, yeah, so from a salt mine point of view, remember that vision of the Catman?
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, the best Daddy, the salt mine.
2: <laughs> I play it all the time. <laughs> it is <just> wonderful. <laughs>
0: oh, and no, I suppose the last question on this one is: is is there room for the salt levels to rise if we happen to go back to back and sign Tom Lynch? <laughs> Talk
1: dirty to me, Michaels. <laughs> Talk dirty to me, Michaels. That's beautiful. I want to see. I want to see Tom Lynch in the yellow and black, and us to go back to back. That'd be the best.
0: The servers will crash. <laughs> Bigfooty might not even exist anymore <laughs> if that happens.
1: It always struggles enough as it is, Bigfooty servers. It'll be even worse when we go back to back.
2: Captain
0: Blood, he'll have no. a field day out in the main board if that happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, And you know, we're not it's going... Very- You know, we're not going just back to back. We're going to be the first team to win four in a row. Oh, God. Because we're the only team this year set up for it. (laughs) Hey, I'm calling it. We're going to be the first team to do. I said 2020 is when I estimated it was going to be out sort of like peak inroads. So we're there. We're four in a row. I'm calling it, baby.
0: If that, if that happens, I'm, I'm demanding you get platinum membership for life on Big Footy.
2: <laughs> and I tell you what, that'll be salt and vinegar on everything. <laughs> that's going to get go, arteries are going to harden around the AFL here. <laughs> We're going to go oh, off. That's... <laughs> that's... Imagine 2020. That is 40 years since our 1980 grand final. I mean, it, it's just magic. It has to happen. It, has to it, has happen. Well, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be a
0: fascinating place to be around if that was to occur. <laughs> All right, we'll push on to a player-specific topic. And this this bloke's had his thread bumped and commented on and all kinds of stuff for most of the off-season now, to be honest. Corey Ellis, um, I don't want to call him any whipping, whipping boy because I really don't think he is. I think there's just been a lot of um, people sitting on both sides of the fence and a lot of people sitting in the middle on him. Um, but Prodigy, Corey Ellis, your take on him, does he have the skills and the tools to make it in the AFL?
1: Michaels, you're a savage for bringing this up. You knew he was going to rile me up, but um, in regards to Corey Ellis, now bear with me because I think I've got a fair few views on this and I'll probably be up late tonight having a long essay discussion with a certain poster on our board, but anyway, moving on. First thing I will say about Coriolis is he has all the tools to become an extremely dangerous player for us moving forward. His strengths have been covered at length, but I'll list a few now. Composure under the pump. Very clever in traffic, demonstrated in the JLT game. Excellent disposal, always positive with his ball movement. Very rarely do I see him actually trying to get cheap stats by kicking backwards or picking the easy option. He's versatile, can be played as an inside-mid, hybrid inside-outside-mid, off-half-back and can drift forward to good effect as well. But he also has some deficiencies that I'll have to mention because if I don't, I'll be crucified. He's got a strong um, lack of confidence, which is probably his biggest weakness in my opinion. I think if he sorts that out, the competition needs to watch out because he could be a threat moving forward. Um, He isn't the fastest player in the world. Now, I think he's been a bit dealt with harshly in regards to his speed based on that Geelong game in the regular season last year where he tried to chase down Motlop. Now, Motlop is no slouch, and he didn't fall behind too far, but he obviously fell behind. Uh, His lack of size is obviously um, a bit of an issue, but I don't think it's as noticeable anymore in my opinion, and his lack of intensity to the ball. Now, if he can work out these deficiencies and still improve on his game, I think he's going to have a massive year, and he'll be able to break into the 22 and maintain a regular spot. And um, in terms of his best position... Um, best position moving forward will probably be a mid-forward role. I want him to be playing a similar role to Caddy. So basically um, when Dusty and Koch are resting forward, I would like um, Corey Ellis and Caddy to be the main men in the midfield while they're resting forward. That way we can have Corey Ellis delivering the ball inside 52, whether it be Jack, Dusty, Koch, whoever it might be. And I think that's his best trait. and He, he can even rest forward as well. We've seen and be able to take a grab against Gold Coast. And, look, I could go on for ages, so I'll just leave it at that. But um, I think he's got some good um, aspects of his game that we could really use moving forward. And Tiger
0: Turbulence, your thoughts on Corey?
2: Well, Prodigy, I've got to say I've got to disagree with you here. I'm going to be harsh. I'm saying flick him. I've been watching this lad. I think when he came in as 12, you know, he was. I liked him. I thought he was cochiness. I could see the balance, the delivery. The, the footy smarts. But after three seasons, he's just not where I would expect a, a kid like him to be. I mean, I look at someone like Jack Graham. We picked him up in the 50s. The first interview, one of the reporters said to him, Why are you in, yeah? You know, what, what did you think coming in so late? And one of the comments he said that I loved was he said, Well, I was surprised, and what I'm going to have to do is just show those other clubs that made a mistake not taking me. And I thought, Yeah, there's a kid that wants it. I've gone back and actually had a look at some of Corey Ellis' um, interviews and he uses words like, I want to play better football, Yeah, you know, hopefully. He's, he's using suppose, you know. I'm not seeing the anger. So, to me, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, he hasn't got the eye of the tiger. He's got the skill, he's got the brain, but he hasn't got the mongrel in him to get there. And, I mean, he's living with Nick and you'd think he'd be, you know, sort of picking up something from a mad redhead, but, you know, he still isn't there. And I think... With the guys like Caddy and Dusty and Koch and, you know, all the guys that are running through that midfield who are men and they're elite midfielders, I just don't think he's in the position where he's going to actually get that opportunity to grow. And, and, and but I'm not saying he won't be that inside mid player. I just don't think in our Tiger team with the current structure he can do that. And it's a bit like when you're talking to Richo and, they you know, he got pulled in and said, look, we need you to, you know, help Jack. And he was like, oh, I want me to help him kick. And it was like, no. Don't be doing that. We want you to play on the wing. Get out of the way. And it worked. Well, in the case of um, Corey, you can't get those people out of the way because they are the engine. And while we've got these hot men in the middle doing their stuff, they stay. The
0: Cotterman comparison is interesting.
2: Oh, go on. Hang on.
1: Sorry. Sorry, would your expectations of Ellis be different if he was picked at a similar pick to Jack Graham?
2: No, no. I don't think the pick has anything to do with it. Uh, The club. The club made that decision, not him. So I don't yeah, buy I into. So I don't buy into the. You know, he was number twelve. Therefore, he owes us. No, not at all. That that was the club. The club had an expectation by picking him at twelve, obviously, because they could have picked anyone at that position. Um, so I, I don't buy into that. I, I, what I'm looking at is that. A has he got it, and and I think he does have a. Na- he, well, he does. He's obviously that's when we picked him. He has a natural ability to play the game, and he has that thing that you can't teach people, which is that footy smarts and that balance. And he, and he shows that. And, and unfortunately, his highlight reel shows it so well, but so not often. And I just think for where he needs to compete to be in our team, I just don't see that we can give him the opportunity fully. I, and I don't think he's going to push any of our guys out of the way. That's that's probably where I'm at. He, he's a bit like Knackers at um, the Swans. Fifth Ruckman, always a good yeah, you know, bloke, he wanted the ball, he was hungry, but he didn't get the opportunity because he had other guys in front of him. Yeah,
0: I think his aggression is his biggest downfall. I fully agree that he's got hmm. the skills, and the JLT, like you said, Prodigy, was a, a highlight of that. He's clean hands below the knees, and he, he freed people up with his handballs. I would like to see him kick it more, because he is a good kick, like you said, but I'm not sure he uses it enough. Um, but yeah, if he just got that a bit more aggression about him. Like, the comparison to Cotron, not saying they're the same kind of player, but Cotran took his game to a new level when he became a man-possessed and was just manic with his pressure at the man, the ball, and the man with the ball. Um, and I think if Corey was to maybe adopt a little bit of that, that uh, he might get himself involved in the play a lot more. Because I think he could be quite damaging with the ball in hand, but he just doesn't get it enough, which is uh, the yeah, thing we're probably concerned. So we
2: yeah, what we're doing here, though, this is like a Thai Vickery conversation. It's that hot and cold routine. It's like Ty Vickery, what a beautiful athlete. What a what a key forward looking bloke. Yeah, and he showed it. There was days where he showed it and then he was so frustrating. And when Hawthorne took him, what did they do? They took him saying, Oh, with an opportunity where he's getting a better ball feed, he's gonna be that elite key forward and well that ended well, didn't it? So I, I sort of put him in that Ty Vickery state. You can see what he's got, he shows it occasionally, but when you get him out there it, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I think... he's obviously getting another crack this JLT game against North Melbourne. So hopefully he um, puts on another good performance and builds up his confidence.
2: Uh, my, 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 my argument here is not get rid of him today. My, my argument, though, is he needs to show something. He needs to grab this and he needs to take it. And these opportunities like the JLT exactly where he should be absolutely killing himself to, to, to show what he's got. He needs to step can... up.
1: I completely agree, and I think this is not his make-or-break year, but I think this is going to be a massive year for him. If he doesn't show something this year, I would be more along the lines of Tiger Turbulence in terms of my views. I still have a really strong belief that he'll make make it good this year. But, um, look, in terms of his aggression, I completely understand what you're saying, and we need that as a enrichment, because that's their gameplay. Yeah, it's our mantra, it's our game plan, Is what we um, abide by. But when I look at players like Pandubri and Bontempelli, they don't have that aggression either. That's why I think that they don't. you don't always need that in a team. I think some players might have that little bit of lacklusterness about them, but I think what they provide on the other side of things in terms of their offense can outweigh their lack of intensity, if you understand well, what I'm saying.
2: Well, well, Prestia does that. He's not an aggressive yeah. player. But there's a That's different skill level there.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking that Coriolis has the ability to be more damaging than Prestia moving forward. That's I just what I'm don't. To say. Uh, but
2: yeah. I, I suppose where my stance is I think he could do well. He, he, he can play AFL. I just don't think, with the current lineup and the players we have and the type of play we have, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's quite a natural fit for him to, to, to be able to. Force his way in. I'm not seeing him force his way into the side.
0: It's almost like his make or break year, so to speak, has come at the worst possible time. And there's a bunch of players oh, yeah. around who've just won a flag. Like, <laughs> if yeah. you ever, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want this to be the year you got to try and break into the senior lineup. Unfortunately, but yeah, he's got all the tools. I really hope he makes it too, because I think he's got some quality assets.
2: Well, just remember, we're <laughs> going to be a four times premiership team in a row. That's not a you know a mugs game. You, you <laughs> need to be at the top of your game to be in this group.
1: And I think we still need that depth as well. I think he'll be good in terms if he doesn't make best twenty two. I think he'd be good in terms of this year or maybe the year following to have that to kind of fall back on if somebody does come down like a or Dusty if they do get injured. We've got somebody of at least at least some quality to come in. They might he may not have the same intensity, but I think he'd still be able to impact the contest um, if they weren't in the team.
0: I think the key for him so is he, even if he can't break into the senior side, he has to keep putting up good numbers in the VFL on a consistent
2: basis. Oh, yeah. In fact, he should be ripping the VFL. Mm. Well, we're Agreed. talking about we're talking about someone to come in, into our midsection, our, our backbone, in a premiership team. And it's going to be four times premiership team. So you know, And if he can't do that in the VFL, then no point stepping up with the men. Yeah.
1: I no, think well, he did that toward the end of the VFL season last year. Um, he was pretty impressive in the finals and everything like that. I don't have the stats on me at the moment, but um, he was pretty good. So I think he has the ability to be dominant at, at BFL level. I, I agree that's what he needs to do, but I think he might be a case like Markov where he wasn't that flash in the VFL, but when he came to play for us in 2016, um, he was pretty um, damaging.
2: Have you seen his interviews but watched him. I haven't.
1: really focused
2: on it. Yeah, because I—that's I, what I do. I gauge players by how they appear, like their, their language, and I, I just thought he needs to be given a bit of positive motivation because he's. It's, as I said, he's always talking about hopefully and you know trying to suppose you know, and and it's not that's the language the we of need.
1: Talking, yeah, that's the lack of confidence that I was talking about. Mm. That's his main issue. He needs to believe. He needs to. Be more aggressive and he needs to be you know hungry that's that's his main issues and i think if he gets that i think he could be a good player for us
2: maybe i should ring up and let him know about our plan to win the next three premierships in a row <laughs> you should <laughs> you want to you got to be part of that imagine being that team of the century for sure
0: exactly
2: <laughs> i think it's fair to say
0: that the Corey Ellis debate will be ongoing throughout season 2018 and probably one to watch but we obviously all wish him all the best and hope he does Get it all together but um
2: oh he's a good player he's a good player yeah
0: yeah definitely well uh we'll push on to the final topic for the show and that's the preview of the upcoming jlt <laughs> match versus north melbourne uh it is their grand final as i did mention on the summer series podcast to so the grill and Baker, <laughs> and they didn't find that overly amusing but uh i did um so we've got so four changes all. we've got lloyd broad moore and soldo coming in and going out is Hooley with calf Soreness, Higgins, Troll and Garthwaite. Um, Tiger Tooblin, what your thoughts on those changes?
2: Well, Garthwaite, I, I was just blowing wind up him before. I like the lad, and he's not going to play a lot of seniors football because he's, you know, cause of the position he's got to take. But the exposure he should be getting is now. So he should be out there with the big boys. So I'm a bit surprised with that. Um, I would have liked to have seen Belter out there. Miles? Um, Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with him. He should have been dusted off and thrown out there, and a bit of a look. Nate, where's he? So there's and Stengel. Uh, like I had a few names in my head. I'm going through, going. I want to see more of them, and I, and I like the idea, of going in there with a strong, you know, team. Not playing like I've read the stuff on the the web where people are saying, put the VFL team. We're going to smash laugh out loud North anyway. I don't see it as an issue with them. We, we're obviously going to tramp them because they've got no idea. I mean, their 18 members are going to be upset about it. We'll get a little bit of salt there, but not too much because, what is it, 18 is... Is that single memberships or is that like two family passes they've got going? I'm not too sure. Or maybe they're those pet things they get going. So it's one family with a few dogs. So anyway, we're not going to worry about them. But I actually like the fact that we went out there with the first team and we, we had our foot on the throat and we pushed it. Keep going. But I would have loved to seen some of these guys, you know, getting a, getting a run. So I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't get the opportunity. My way of thinking is that some of our more senior players that don't need it, like I don't, I, I, then I would have seen Butler maybe stepping back and letting Higgins have a run, because we know what Butler does. Higgins we don't. Um, Asprey, I would have actually kept him out of the game and kept Garth in there, because Asprey can play. He's had a bit of a knock. Garth, he wants to go. So that's, there's, A couple of little position changes I would have made. But I like the idea that we're still going in with our full squad.
0: And, Prodigy, your thoughts on the changes?
1: A bit the same as uh, Tiger Turbulence. I wasn't really happy with Garth and Chol both going out. I think when they show something in the previous game, you've got to build on that and you've got to allow them to play again to kind of build on that performance and get more confidence in their game because that's the only way that's going to happen. Now, they're going to have to go back to VFL and then show their wares there, which they which they can. Um, but I was a bit disappointed to see that they didn't um, stay in. I was a bit disappointed that I didn't see Bell to come in as well. I think um, I think he's one to watch. I think he's going to be a big big player for us moving forward. Was also surprised that Naish wasn't in. Um, I'm not surprised that Higgins didn't get a call up because I think he didn't he didn't impress me overly much against Essendon. Now I understand it's his first game in the colours, and I'm probably being a bit too harsh on him. But I think he will be spending the majority of the first half of the season in the VFL, and I think it's normal. It will be good for him because I think we might actually have a VFL practice match happening. Um, this coming weekend as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but um, if we do, it'd be good for him to kind of mix with the VFL team to get that chemistry going. Um, other than that, just like you said, um, Stengel, surprising, didn't get a look in. But ultimately, we've got to look to round one. And if we're going to, we, we can only really play, I think due to the fact that we've only got two JLT games, we're only really looking to play the plays that we're going to actually play, apart from the fact that broad got a call up which I found very random because considering he's going to miss the first three games just play him in the VFL he'll get his match wares in the VFL he's he's good enough to dominate that side of things so I'm a bit surprised that uh he got a call up to the JLT game where I don't think he's actually needed
0: yeah broad that was the surprising one because of the reasons you stated um, the player I'm looking forward to seeing is more he's obviously been developing in the VFL for a couple of years now and I think he could be a bit of a swing man. Um, hopefully he can take a few grabs, kick a few goals but uh, yeah, he's probably the one I'm looking forward to seeing most but I do also agree about not seeing Stengel was a little bit disappointing Um, and Menager was the other one but I think he's been injured so that probably explains why but um, Yeah, yeah, it's good that we've still got all these other young kids who have shown something at the top level that we still haven't really seen a great deal of so it does give you good hope for the future and no doubt they'll all keep bashing down the door in the VFL so
1: what are we looking to get out of this game, Prodigy? um look to be honest I couldn't care less about the result I know we're going to beat them so I'm not really too fussed about that but I just don't want any injuries like I know we say it every single preseason game but this close to round one I'm just not interested in anybody getting injured like even if they put Dusty off at halftime or Koch off at halftime just just be careful with them because it's not worth it it's not worth because with North, who knows what they're going to do. Like, they're probably going to come out all guns blazing. It's their grand final. You know, I just I just don't like it. I don't like, we're playing at Icon Park. Seems a bit of a tip, but anyway, that's that's my view on it.
0: And Tiger Turblins, what are your expectations? What would you like to take out of this game?
2: Well, Damien, after the last one, stated, um, we saw our brand re-establish. We played as hunters, and our boys showed that today. And I'm all over that we're the hunters, we're going to get our kills, because we're going to win another three grand finals in a row here, and you guys have got to get on board of this, right? you got you got to be part of this. And so this is the start of that. If you're going to train, you train hard, you know. So I see these as training venues, but I also don't see them as times to be slack and let the other competition know. So I'm backing Damien about the fact that we're playing as hunters, and that's what we're going to keep doing.
0: Fair enough. Well, like like you said at the start, prodigy. All we really hope for is no injuries, I guess. Uh, but it will be good to see the boys running around again, a couple of weeks out from our round one game against Carlton. Uh, that pretty much oh, does it for the show. Um, you both getting along to the round one game? I am indeed.
1: Yes.
2: No, I'm I'm up in Novo working, so I couldn't make that one. But um, I'll be there in spirit. Not very good with the with the
1: flag. Looking forward to
0: unfurling the flag. Yes, uh, what what a great day that's going to be, especially against Carlton. Just to rub it in a little bit more.
2: The
1: one thing I'm the one thing I'm mainly looking forward to is I sit around the same people every week um, because I've got a reserve seat in this Tiger section, and I haven't seen them since the grand final. Just getting there, having a chat with everyone about their experiences and everything like that. It's just going to be awesome. It's going to be probably one of the best round one games I've been to. I reckon. Yeah, hundred percent agree.
0: Alright, we'll make sure everyone follows us on iTunes, YouTube or Spreaker and thank you to anyone who's listening live, much appreciated. Uh, Prodigy and Tiger Turbulence, thank you so much for coming on to the first episode for the year. We'll, uh, we'll definitely make sure we get you back on throughout the year as well. Uh, yeah, the, the talk was great and thank you both again.
1: No worries, Michaels, have a good one.
2: Alright, thanks for the uh, crayfish tails and the oysters and the, the open bar. I love the green room
0: no worries well if we didn't do that you weren't coming on so you kind of blackmailed me there but that's (laughs) alright thanks guys see ya thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tiger Cast be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts the reviews and previews and all topics Richmond also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players go Tigs. go Tigers